You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Do I hear that? No? What do, do know, I hear? Do you know what that is? That is that is the sound of freedom. <laughs> uh, that... Is that because our regular host, uh, Tim Hayes, is in Ireland working on a like a piece about Dan Martin, kind of going in-depth about why an American would move there and purposely mess up his teeth to pretend to be Irish? It, yeah, I mean, that that is the main reason that we have freedom right now, is that we sent... Uh, our embedded reporter, Super Rookie, over over to the Emerald Isle to do some research on our favorite American. Um, so while he's uh, he's doing that, we got to hold down the fort. Uh, but it gives us the freedom to do whatever we want and not be interrupted. Yeah. So yeah, I waited a long time before I said yeah, just to make sure I didn't interrupt. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's going to be a little bit slower paced show, I get the feeling. Yeah, probably will. Neither of us is is the ones that are the, the one that uh pushes the pace. Yeah, we like to regularly. sit in and wait for the sprint, for the podcast sprint. Like when yeah. the, you know, we see the uh the cues coming up the road and you know, yeah, go for it when it matters. And, uh... But this, I mean, this is a good question. What happens when everybody, this is, you know, when everyone that's left is a sprinter, you get that move at the end of a classic and everybody in it thinks I'm a good sprinter and then nobody works. And so are we only going to sit here and then another podcast is going to fly past us? Some sort of, probably like a time trial podcast. (laughs) A triathlete podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are three minutes in and we haven't really done the intro yet. So. Oh, okay. Should we do that? We don't know who goes first because Tim usually Uh, leads it off. I guess I'll go first because I usually go second. So, uh, hello and welcome to Slow Ride Podcast. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston. Uh, uh, Matt, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. We've already been talking for a little bit. So now that it's officially road season, how many races have you won on disc brakes? (laughs) That's that's a good question. I haven't won any. How many have you won? How many have been won other than Tom Boonin, regular Tom Boonin, not Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin, but Tom Boonin? I don't know. I I personally have not. Uh, I'm still in my my off season. Um, Okay. Okay. the only one I know about is Tom Boonin's win because it's the only one that matters, and it's probably the only one that's happened. I mean, Quick Step, as I saw earlier today, Quick Step uh, does have the most wins of any team, but I, they've, I've only heard a big deal about Tom Boonin um, winning on disc, so maybe the other guys are still rocking rim, rim breaks. It's hard to say for some reason. Yeah, because you shouldn't have to specify rims, you know? <laughs> it's true. It should just be where you break from, just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I'm, that debate's There's... annoying, but it's I guess it's just going to happen until 
We're forced. We're forced to talk about it. We don't want to, but we need to. I mean, there's uh, a lot of things going on. Like like I alluded to earlier, all of a sudden it's road season. I don't really necessarily agree with that, but there's been a lot of road racing happening. Yeah. And thankfully, some of it's uh, back in Europe, back in the heartland, other yeah. than just these Middle Eastern races. That's true. Um, there's, what, Valencia or whatever, uh, Quintana taking out some uh, mountaintop wins, showing early, early form That's another, for his double. Another great reason that uh, we're doing this this week with Tim not on the show. <laughs> I thought about that, too. I was like, I can't believe... <laughs> The the only GC not the only GC container. I just threw Bach Malema under the bus. I'm sorry, Malema. Um, I was gonna say the only like real GC contender to show any form this year, and then I remember Malema won that race in Argentina, which is pretty sweet because he's kind of a Vandebroek that never wins. He actually won. Um, yeah. But yeah, Quintana showing that early form. I'm excited for the double. I, I am know. too. I mean, it's not going to work, but I'm all, but I'm very excited about it. Like, no, I was excited. It won't work. I was excited for Contador, and now I'm excited for Quintana. It might actually make me cheer for the guy. Yeah, I, it will definitely make me cheer for him. I, I think there should be a rule. So we all we can usually agree that there's like between three and five or six guys we consider to be serious GC contenders. Right, you know, yeah. serious tour or Giro threats. And then there's always a handful of, of random guys you throw in and, and random Volta wild cards, like yeah. Horner. Um, <laughs> He's a I, great tour winner, little guy. I know, but it's the Volta, and we all know the Volta's a little crazy. I'm okay. And I'm saying this as a huge Horner fan and a huge Kobo fan, but, I mean, the Volta's wacky. It doesn't make any sense. Those guys win, and, and Chris Froome can't win the Volta. He tries every year, and he can't win the Volta. It's crazy. Um <laughs> What, but what I think is should be a rule is of those guys, um, the sport should designate like six guys to be uh, grade A contenders, kind of the Fab Five or whatever they did a few years ago. But this should okay. be official rule. Every year, one of them has to try the double. Ah, okay. And not and not and the Tour Volta double. A lot of guys try that, but no one does that either. So I, it, they could do it either way. But there should be a rule. One of the big ones has to. So what are they? What are they for this storyline? I like just the, so we have this. Whatever the final presentation of the route is, whichever one goes last, um, do they all gather up and like draw straws to see who who picked the shortest straw and has to decide which two they're going to do, or, hmm. or what? Like, is this a lottery kind of system, or is it? Yeah, uh, I don't have basis? a. I don't have a good system. I just thought about it on the spot. Um, so and kinda, maybe so, kind of like the overtime rules for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe you don't even need the rule because it seems to happen anyway that every year somebody decides to do the double. Yeah, and then every year a bunch of people talk about how it's not possible to do the double. Yeah, and then the next year the same thing happens again. So if you were going to do a double, what would be your double? Well, the more prestigious double is obviously the Giro Tour double. It gets people talking more. If you do the Tour and then you show up at the Volta, um, nobody gets excited until you're maybe about to win, right? Like, I feel right. like no one was excited about the fact that Froome has done the Tour Volta double right. so, many years in a row. But, like, truthfully, if he had almost won the – if he'd gotten closer to winning on any of these years yeah. in the Volta, I oh, think yeah. people would have started to maybe freak out a little bit, being like realizing what a – 
task that really is. Yeah. I don't know. So do you think going for the Giro Vuelta double is just kind of a cop-out? Because I think it's kind of a cop-out. I mean, it's. I would say I wouldn't really ca- call it a cop-out. I would call it um, the smartest thing you could do. So the cop-out. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, I see the problem is that it's actually um, – it's actually probably realistic. Yeah, it is. It's the most realistic. It may be the hardest. Um, it's. I mean, yeah. It's. It could be. It'd be really hard in different ways, and that you have to. You have to have a break in between. Yeah. Um. Which is its own problem. So. Yeah. So I don't. None of it's I, easy. Man. I think. I think you're onto some. I think the smartest double you could go for is the Giro Tour double, because yeah. you're gonna come out. You're gonna win the Giro, right? Yeah, I mean, I assuming it, you're a person that can achieve a Grand Tour win and you're actually going for double, you're going to win the Giro. And then, so you've at least got that to fall back on if you fail at the Tour, right? Yeah. But if you do a Tour Vuelta double and you don't win the Tour, like, you're screwed, you know? Like it's, it's less likely that you're going to win the Tour. I don't know. I don't yeah. know where I'm going with this. And then the cop-out version is the Giro Volta, so that's no good. I'm, I, yeah, I, I guess you're right. But I'm glad someone's doing it. And, it, yeah, I mean, we're at that time of ma- magic time of year when we, we get to imagine what could now, be. I guess then the, the final question about doubles is we've seen Nibali try it. We've seen Contador try it. Can Quintana do it? Do you think he can do it? Uh, I think it's possible. I think I think they're banking on what happened last year, which is that he went to the he went to the tour and he was good but not amazing. And he what he finished third, right? Um, or is he second at the tour? I don't know. Whatever it was, we were all complaining about how he wasn't very good, and he still yeah, yeah. did better than most people could ever hope for in their entire career at a grand tour. And then he he came out in the Volta and was flying. So I yeah. think they're hoping that, I think they're hoping that he comes to the Giro and and if nothing else, he has a decent ride and it builds excitement. And if yeah. he doesn't win the Giro, I don't think they care. Yeah. I think they would be happy if he wins the Giro, but if they want him to win the Tour and they want him to come with that second Tour form, so they're thinking he can go into the Giro kind of half speed and train his way through it and still probably win or have a good chance of winning. Yeah. And then come at the tour flying. Okay. Because yeah. I was, I was going to say, that's an ambitious goal for a guy that hasn't even won the tour yet. You know? like. <laughs> but look at the way he rides. He, consistently, I feel like on his second Grand Tour of the year, he's better. And when he shows up without a lot of racing in the legs, uh, he's a little, he's just a little stale. So I yeah. think he needs that, he needs that speed. I don't know. I'm excited no, about I, it. I, I, I don't even be onto something. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty early in the year, but even just the start list for some of these grand tours are stacking up to be pretty nice. The Giro's already got a lot of good guys showing up at it, so it's not going to be a walk in the park for them at all. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, you got guys like Dumoulin who who are challenging for grand tours now, and guys like Molema who have always kind of been on the cusp. That I feel like those those guys are going to be moving more to the forefront. There's going to be more. It's more crowded at the front of the race, like for those, like you said, for those top, I don't know, six or eight spots that are the danger men. Like, there's more than six or eight guys that could occupy those spots, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. It'll be good. But that stuff's a long way out. What we should be excited about is what we started this with, which is Tom Boone in early season form. Yeah. Gonna re- gonna retire at Roubaix. Um, one last go. Mm-hmm. And he seems like he's he's looking good. I don't know. I mean, it would be magical if he could finish it off uh, last time in the Velodrome. Who knows? Do you, so do you think, listen to my theory here about Boonin, uh retirement year. He's only he's only going until Roubaix, right? So yep. he's only got to carry the form through middle of April. Does he just win everything until then? And then not win Roubaix? Well, I, I think he still wins Roubaix. Um <laughs> Does he win Hedvok? Does he win Kern Brussels Kern? Does he win Gent Wevelgum? Does he win Flanders? Mm. Does he just dominate because he doesn't have anything else to worry about? I I hope so. Wouldn't that be great? Um, <laughs> I think he's worried though. You know, every year he doesn't want to win Hedvok because then the form's too hot. Yeah, mm. that's always that's always been my theory. You win Hedvok, you're definitely not winning any of the <laughs> later. Later uh, uh, classics, the actual classics. Yeah. And which maybe, yeah, later in this. I mean, Van Ermont won Volk, right? Can Tom Boonen win San Remo? No, I don't think so. I can't recall him being super close. Like He's been on the podium. Has he? Okay. Yeah. I, I just don't think he doesn't have he doesn't have the sprint anymore. You got Quick Step's got, uh, what's his name, with the G? Gav, Gavri, whatever. For uh, San Remo, who was there last year until he wiped out right at the end and almost took Sagan out. Um, yeah, he almost murdered everybody. It's, I guess it's more logical that Sagan wins everything all the way up until Roubaix, where Tom Boonin finally wins. Yeah, but you know who's already punched out a win uh, this year is last year's uh, Milan San Remo winner, uh, Damar or whatever from FTJ. I saw that. Already got a win. Um, and I believe FTJ has two wins, which is nuts. That usually my, that's like their whole season. Yeah, my 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 alert, my uh, iPhone alert for French uh, cycling victories has <laughs> been blowing up recently, and I yeah. don't even know what to. I didn't know what it. I didn't remember what the alert was mm-hmm. for a while. It's been and a I, while. Yeah, it's crazy. Con- and uh, yeah, Concord, uh, uh, Brian from yeah. uh, Direct Brian Energy Concord, won already. Won so race. that's. Tony Gallopin, he won a race. He's not yeah. on a French team, but like he won a time trial. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. French cycling I like Tony baby. Gallop. And uh, Gallopin segueing into his teammate, my my baby face favorite, looks a little bit like Pat Lemieux. Tim Wellens uh-huh. uh, has already won some races too, so that's exciting. That 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 gets me excited for the classics. We're a long way off from. Tim Wellen's stomping grounds in the yeah, later well, classics, but you know we're recording this. It's February sixth, so we've got nineteen days until officially the cycling season really starts with the with the Hedvoke or Het Newsblad or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it's already nuts. exciting. Well, yeah, that's, things are I can't things are we're getting. That close. Let's just say the peloton is frisky already. It's it's getting excited in the bunch like people are they're getting twitchy right they're 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 throwing there's they're even physically throwing punches let's just get that oh out. yeah the the grivco um did you see that i never saw it is there video of the of grivco attacking it, kittle if there is i didn't see it but i saw the uh the aftermath photos and I'm, i i just don't understand what even happens to he get... landed a pretty good blow 
You must have. Like, I don't know. Uh, the 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 report that I saw was just that Kittle was complaining about people riding like idiots in the pack. And mm-hmm. then dude just rode up to him and punched him in the head. I don't understand. Uh, he must have been doing... I mean, if that's the case, he must have done something pretty stupid. Maybe I'm on Grifko's side in this whole thing. Kittle, I don't know. I don't know his personality in the pack, but I got to think Kittle is a little bit. He's got to have somewhat of a respected voice within the peloton, right? Uh, I guess so. I mean, yeah, he's he's a big name star, but I mean, you know, Grifko's a guy that's been around for a long time and been a solid team worker a long time. So I don't so, know. Okay, so you're uh, you're 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 trying to keep your job at Astana. You've you've maybe passed your prime. You're a good loyal domestique, and your boss says, "Hey, that guy over there, he's an idiot. Go punch him in the face for me." <laughs> what what do who, you do? Who um, who do you think from like, Astana that, that, needed what? him to be punched? I don't know. Uh. Maybe Vinokurov. <laughs> yeah, that's probably likely. I mean, I guess like, Grifko's his, his hair 30. is too pretty. <laughs> Take him down Dude, a notch. He's too pretty. He's he's been around for a while, hasn't he? He's been riding for quite some time. Um, I don't I know, don't, man. Doesn't seem to fall within the normal uh, domestic duties. No, I don't. I don't know what to say. I don't know what it's to say weird. either. Like, uh, it's not funny, but it's weird. And you know he'll probably get suspended for some amount of time, and probably. But I'm surprised that nothing. I haven't heard yet. I have, I just I feel like this seems like this would be something that came down quick, and you'd get you you'd get a ruling on on what he you know yeah. he was suspended for. And we have, I just haven't heard anything. It hasn't been on any of the cycling sites I've been frequenting. No, me either. But uh, you know, if uh, if history says anything, yeah, it'll be he'll be out for a couple of months, I would assume. So, sucks to be you, I guess. Astana will be down one man for a little while. Um, yeah, they'll be okay. That's all right. I mean, the rate at which races are being canceled for random stuff, anyway, like wind and dust, you probably <laughs> won't miss miss that many actual races. So. It won't even bother him. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Um. So, with without Tim here, I don't know how to. You know, he's he's the segue master. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's why all of our previous episodes are so seamless. Um, is that he just has the skill of transitioning us from one topic to another. Um, I just, I, just, I don't know how to do that. Let's just hard pivot. Um, Ooh. you want you want to talk about cyclocross? Oh yeah, cyclocross. That's still happening. Mm-hmm. It's still the season. They they are in Belgium, firmly against road season right now. Does not exist yet. <laughs> yep, as it should. So um, yeah, yeah, there were some good races this weekend. Did you watch either of them? I watched a little bit of Sunday, and I only unfortunately saw the highlights of Saturday, which looked like the better race. Um, do you get to watch that? That I only saw the highlights. I wish I'd seen the whole thing. It seemed like we finally had solid duels in both races, which we haven't had on a yeah. lot of weekends. We did. I, I did watch uh, Saturday. That was Lil or Leal or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically 
five percent on the beach. Okay. Just like one eighties and back and forth and up and down, like pretty hard pack. It was raining, so it was pretty well packed down sand. But some of the corners were getting pretty churned up and stuff, but it was a pretty cool looking course, I gotta say. And then they dip off into the woods for a little a little section, but yeah, the racing itself was pretty great, I gotta say. What um did I don't know say I uh, I mean there was the whole controversy about the weird uh wout wheel spin though I'd like to say that he saved it and that was the coolest part of that I don't really think he's <laughs> motor doping but the fact that he didn't go down um yeah. is the craziest thing because that was an it's so it like sure death yeah that whole sequence was maybe a third of a lap to go on the final lap um. And Wout had just kind of drug himself back up to the group and uh, made this aggressive pass around the uh, the couple guys over there between him and uh, Vanderpool. And he slides out the back wheel and goes completely sideways. I don't know how he saved that at all. But, yeah, his wheel is spinning like crazy in the mud, which has spurned a whole nother round of, like, motor doping BS. Gotta have it. But then he shoulders himself to stabilize right into Vanderpool, who then plows into the railing of the fencing and holds himself up, and they both survive, which, <laughs> that was pretty incredible. That is worth the price of admission itself. Yeah. Um, well, and I like that Wout saved it, ran into Vanderpool, and then you could see he kind of took his hand off the bar to say, Sorry. Yeah, like he he even he even got an apology in real quick. That's class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he had to take his hand off the throttle of the motor. Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well you might as well use that hand to apologize with. Right. Yeah. That's that's a tra- an old oldest trick in the book. Learned it from yeah. Fabian years ago. Well, that looked like a great race. I need to go back and just actually watch that whole thing because you should. That's uh, what we've been missing all year. Is I mean, we've had duels between, obviously, Vanderpool and Wout, but we haven't had a lot of races where you've also got Muse in there and uh, Kevin was dangling nearby and Vandahar was back. Um, yep. That was just exciting to see a real duel, which has been a few years since we've had those sort of, like, big pack where there's a bunch of guys that could win on every any given yeah, day. different guys are attacking and, and trying to make the race and trying to make it harder, and there's different... That course itself, there were different sections that different. There was more than one spot to attack, I guess is what I'm trying to say, or get some separation, you know. Yeah. Um, it was a great course. It looked like a ton of fun. In uh, the yeah, that that race was incredible. Came down to the line more or less, and uh, and same with the women's race. Like a lot of lead changes there, a lot of battling back and forth. Another group of like four. Usually three to five, I guess, uh, racers, like, kind of accordion, come back together, accordion a little bit, come back together, shifting around positions and some crashing and some some interesting sprint tactics and uh, some exciting racing there. <laughs> that was a great sprint in the women's race with uh, Kant uh, totally not looking at the third woman on the road, and they both got just their pockets picked. Uh, yeah. You would have thought that, the woman who won must be related to Steve Cummings. The way, <laughs> um, the way she just picked both their pockets with both of them not paying oh, yeah. attention. Must yeah. be like a distant relative, or you know, maybe they 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 must know each other or something. It was 
It was really good. It could be. It was. It was a great race. Um, I gotta say that was a that was a fun one to watch. Like most of the women's races have been all year. Um, it definitely. I th- I didn't think it could be outdone by the men's race, and then and then the Wout Vanderpool uh, acrobatics uh, happened, and and now I really don't know. Um, they were both great. Uh, if you're, it is trainer season, so if you're on the trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Either one of those races or both uh, would be great to watch. Uh, highly recommend. Yeah, it's a good recommendation. I'm not. I hope I don't have to ride my trainer. I've actually thought about putting it together or putting it like up and putting the bike on it, but I haven't done it yet. So <clears throat> trying. To, uh, I'm probably going to have to now that I'm Masters 35 plus dad category. Yeah, you're going to have to get used to the uh, basement walls a little bit, eh? Yeah, probably. I don't know how else I'm ever going to train. Dark times. I swear I'm going to try to be fast again. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, So, yeah, that race was rad. Uh, Moad, man, I'm going to butcher this name. Capthians? Capthegians? Sure, I bet. I bet a, na- right. a name you don't normally think of totally took that race out over Sonicant and Laura Vanderschnott yep. and uh, Sophie DeBoer coming in a little after. Um, yeah, I think Sana was just looking at uh, uh, Vanderschnott and did not consider this other woman a threat, and she schooled him. Yeah, so that, that was, was nice. It was nice. Uh, I was kind of hoping then when I pulled up the men's race that uh seen all that of tom in the race there and i thought maybe tom Mewson finally got the better of wout and uh, vanderpool but it wasn't gonna happen <laughs> no way he looks like he's gonna hyperventilate the whole race wout and vanderpool look like they're just hanging out yeah yeah good good stuff that was good stuff yeah. um so let's see right about now i think we're gonna Check with the officials and see if it's about time for a pre-lap. Okay. Give them the look. Yeah. All right. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, hey there, all you hosers. This is Manitoba Mike Vandenham from Canada, and uh, you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, eh? All right. What are we riding for today, Spencer? Well, today, once again, we are riding for Health IQ, a longtime sponsor of the show, uh, great supporters of the network in general, mm-hmm. and uh, great purveyors of life insurance, which is uh, something, you know, we all have a life. And <laughs> we should probably insure it. We should probably insure it. You insure yeah. everything else. It's true. Um, it's it's pretty quick. It's pretty easy. It's pretty painless. Head over to healthiq.com slash slow ride. Check out what they've got going on. Uh, you can take some questionnaires, take some quizzes, uh, see how smart you are about cycling and about healthy lifestyles. Um, yeah. Fill out the little form, submit that, and they'll uh, tell you how much you can save, um, which is going to be impressive. Nice. Let me tell you from personal experience. It uh, it's it's a pretty good deal. So, if uh, if you have a chance, we would appreciate you checking out healthiq.com dot com slash slow ride. 
Sounds good. It's a good thing to check out. You want to make sure to leave something for the kids other than the titanium bike. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. They could probably get a pretty penny for that after you're gone, but... Well, maybe. <laughs> probably be a new headset standard that comes out right after you pass away and really drop that resale value. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably more likely, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> The other, uh, the other thing we need to tell you about uh, during this preem lap is the Wide Angle Podium Network. Uh, that is the network that uh, we are on, um, the Slow Ride Podcast. It's also the home to many other great shows, so if you like this one, you'll probably like some of those. If you don't already, uh, maybe go give a listen to Crosshairs Radio. Uh, mm-hmm. Cycle Cross show where you can actually learn some stuff about Cycle Cross, and they yeah. do a better job of pronouncing names. Yeah, they probably know how to pronounce the name of the lady one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also the Honest Bicycle Program, uh, which is a pretty great show uh, about bikes and, you know, lately about whiskey and other topics. Uh, okay, I guess it's off-season for them. They're, they like road racing. They're they're pretty deep, pretty deep into the off-season. Yeah, I, I feel like that might be the case. Um, there's also a great brand-new show called The Dirt Field Recordings, uh, which what? is... By Lindsay Bayer, a professional cyclist uh, with and co-owner of uh, Hogman's Supermint um, team, uh, racing team here in the U.S. And cool. she's going to be chronicling, uh, I don't know, what happens in the Peloton. Like talking to different people and getting the stories and the inside scoops and bringing you that uh, for your for your listening pleasure. So Sounds good. And that... That show is brand new. Uh, the first episode just went up uh, this, this week. Um, so that is a uh, a direct result of the support we get uh, on the Wide Angle Podium Network. So if you like our show, if you like those other shows, if it brings you any joy in your life, consider uh, tossing a few bucks our way. Um, we put it to good use, like stuff like the Dirt Wire. Yeah, are you worried... I'm a little worried. See, I didn't know about this. I'm a little worried that uh, she's going to have real information about what's happening in cycling. She's going to put the rest of these shows uh, that all of us that don't know anything out of business. Shh. Oh, don't. I should. I shouldn't. Say, okay, edit that out. Yeah, I'm going to fix know. that. I'm going to fix know that in post. We know yeah. stuff. Okay. okay. We're we're well versed. Um. Okay. So that I think that clears up our uh, our official business. So let's uh, let's get back to the show. This is Sarah Goff, U.S. Olympian, and this is the Slow Ride Podcast. Without Tim here, I had to come up with some filler, uh, some stuff to take up the long stretches of show that he usually fills up with uh, whatever he talks about normally. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you can imagine, like that's well more than like 50, 60% of the show is, is Tim just yammering on and me kind of zoning out and you Googling like Japanese cars. Um, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I figured we could combine some of that Googling and zoning out and things um, in a new segment uh, that I've been considering. I've been kicking it around, and I think I think it might work out. So we'll test run it here while Tim's gone. 
Because his his answer is or his his portion of the segment probably wouldn't be that good anyway. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna call this. What are we watching on eBay? Oh, okay. I like that. I like eBay. Yeah. Um, like so, what we're the what what I'm what I'm looking at, what I'm thinking of getting, what I'm yeah, considering. Like what's, what's on your watch list? It doesn't necessarily if you're watching that that hot Rossine road bike from the 80s with the cool paint job that you've always wanted and it's real low right now mm-hmm. you don't have to give you don't have to give away the things that you're actually like really about to snipe on but like what is some of that stuff that you're like i want to keep an eye on that i'm probably not gonna buy it but i might uh okay i've um i've got okay i well i don't really have anything i'm watching i actually just bought a frame and i bought something non-cycling related that's kind of funny Okay. Well, see, maybe, like, somehow maybe you read. Uh, um, anyway, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> I bought um I bought a cross frame. I haven't got it yet though. The tracking said it was going to be here today, and I was super excited to get it and and be able to tell you if it meets my requirements uh, for being a cross frame. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like b- buying any kind of not brand new frame well, is a wait, little bit how... of a mystery. How can you not be sure if it's going to meet your requirements? Your, well, as far as I know, your requirements are it needs to be made of metal. Yep. It needs to have cantilever brakes. Yep. Uh, it needs to probably be uh, a, uh, if hopefully a fade, a paint fade, <laughs> uh, but probably nice, just but... one solid color. Yeah. And it's, as, it does, as goofy yep. as possible. Not black. Let's just say that. It's not yep. black. It's not black. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you know, you're what, nailing what it else? so far. Let's see. It's got uh, two other requirements, which are kind of uh, kind of it's, specific. It's got to have externally routed cables. Well, yeah, that's that's important too, just because I'm I don't want to deal it's, with the internal. It's got to have a threaded bottom bracket. It does, and it, and it, I, but there's a specific other thing, which is I have to be able to get my campy cranks on it, and that's a little <laughs> hard because a lot of bikes okay. don't. A lot of newer bikes uh, have a wider set uh, chain say for running like Shimano or FSA, which always runs a wider chain line. Where Campy runs like an old school, uh, small, more narrow chain line. Right. Um, yeah. So okay. that's a huge deal for me, and that I'm not 100 percent sure if that's going to work out. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, the suspense little guy is killing me. Um, I have what? one other uh, one other criteria which you missed, oh. which is they need. No. It doesn't need to, but it, I want it to have a complete horizontal top tube. Ah, I do shit. not want I, sh- I should have got that one. I should well, have known. And, and after just spending a cross season riding on a frame with a very slopey top tube and being very annoyed with it. <laughs> I, I, I know that one so well that I didn't even think yeah. to say it. Yeah, yeah. It's like second nature. Um, yeah. I bid on and won uh, a Javelin aluminum cross frame from... I guess maybe like 2011, 2012. I don't know when they last okay. made this frame. Yeah. Um, it is one. It's just silver. Just says javelin on it, so I can take those decals off. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Canty threaded bottom bracket. Um, I'm pretty sure the top tube's horizontal. Like on the old 2011 javelin website, it looks horizontal. Looks good. And the two or three pictures I could find on the internet of somebody riding this bike <laughs> uh-huh. when it was new. Uh, it's like the TIA Cref, like Cliff Bar team, okay, was riding them back in the day. Um, the yeah, I remember ones. that. And I, they might have ridden the carbon ones when the carbon ones came out, but they were on the aluminum ones. So I could see some pictures, and it looks horizontal. So 
sweet. And but the good. only thing that I had trouble figuring out was whether or not uh, I'd be able to get the campy cranks on there mm. without them hitting the chainstays. And I'm not 100 percent sure though. I did find, and this was some deep sleuthing. I found a guy's blog. Um, <laughs> this I is already this, this is already going pear so shift. <laughs> I found this dude's blog right. And he uh-huh. had, like, his cross bike build. This is from, like, six or seven years ago. He said, that is my javelin. I built it up uh, with some parts I had kicking around. And he had some nine-speed Shimano Durace cranks on there, so 7,700 yeah. with the with the Octolink. Yep. And so I did uh, a little sleuthing to find out what the chain line Octolink. was on the Octolink. Okay. And I'm pretty sure there was two versions of that 7700 crank, one that had a wider chain line and one that had a narrower chain line. And I'm pretty sure, unless this guy was incorrect, he was running the narrow chain line. And he was running a single ring, but he's running with two guards. So I'm pretty oh, sure God. I should be able to get the campy crank to work because that should have had the same spacing for chain line. And then with the two guards, he was able to roll it. So I think I can run the campy with a double. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure. I was hoping i get the bike today and I could tell you. But I don't so know yet. You're going to leave us cliffhanging until next episode next week. Yeah. Will this be <sighs> the bike that I can ride for a while? Maybe or I'll... Will I back on the back on the eBay? <laughs> Maybe I'll... Yeah. I mean, I'll have to put up a, a poll on Twitter and see uh, after this episode comes out, see what people think. Like, we'll take bets. Yeah. What's what's the over-under that it'll work? Will, will Matt's javelin work for his weird needs? Um, but I'm excited about it. I mean, it's aluminum. It's pretty basic. Now, you, yeah, you have a history of painting your bikes uh, m- and changing them into mystery bikes, you know, taking a yeah. normal frame like a red line that's not very exciting, <laughs> painting it a, a silly color, and then yeah. people, not even silly, just a different color with no decals. Yeah. And, and people, people like it becomes a mystery, and they get, get really excited. Super interested. It's funny how interested someone can be in a red line. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's oh, just, what is that? What is that? I mean, it makes sense as as bike nerds. You show up to a race and everyone's scoping everybody's bike, and then there's a bike with no decals on it, and um, everyone just needs to know. It's funny. It's funny okay. how suddenly people that have never ever looked at your bike are just like, "What is that?" You know, it's the same bike I've had for five years. Um, yeah, I just painted it. <laughs> just painted it. So, I mean, that's. I'm not watching that. I bought that. I actually bought another thing. Uh, that is slightly related in that it is a Japanese car-related thing. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a... I don't even know how I came across this the other day. But I I found a model, like a like a model you put together, a testers brand. If anyone oh, out yeah. there did models when they were a kid. Totally. They'll know yeah. testers, the name, and models. I yeah. found um, a dude on eBay that just sells models. He's got like 2,000 models for sale. And it's a, a Suzu Impulse testers model from back in the day. Okay. From like 1987, so it's it's a first generation Isuzu Impulse uh, model kit, and so I stared at it for a while. I was like, I haven't pu- <laughs> I haven't done a model since like 1995, <laughs> but, but I was like, oh my god, do I want that? And and then I looked around this guy's site a little bit more, and he's got all the cool cars I wanted to like do models of when I was a kid. And so I and it was like 18 bucks, and I was like, you know, I'm not never get this chance again. So I bought that. I'm I really have, excited about that. I have a very important question. Okay. Is this model, are you going to put together like next week, or are you going to save this to put together with Tom Boone and Tom Boone and Alan? Um, <laughs> I thought about that. I was like, that would be a good little project for me me and my boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've got other models. I mean, this 
I mean, it's not like I don't have models. I have a Porsche 356 testers model, brand new in the box that I got for my like 11th birthday that I've never put together. And okay, I still so have it's it. not it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could wait 18 years to put this together. I mean, in all likelihood, I will wait because I'm. I mean, I've you've you've been to my house. I've got a lot of projects that yeah, actually require. Look, work. I own three cars, and they all need work. So yeah. I probably don't need to put together a model car. But I just had to own it. It's just, <laughs> um, I haven't bought a lot of stupid things like that for a while, and it was just like I have to own this dumbass thing. Yeah, now that see, I can support that because it was only yeah. eighteen bucks. Yeah, it was you only buy, eighteen bucks. If you buy dumb sweet. bike parts that you don't really need, but you've always kind of lusted over on eBay, yeah. they they end up being like three, four hundred dollars. Like it's expensive. Wow. I mean, I tell me about it. Um, I but bought I, uh, I, one one thing, one thing, real quick, real quick, and okay. you just tell yeah, me what you got. I'm watching one thing on eBay though, and it is a Synchros okay. bottom bracket. This is Ooh. the actual Synchros tie spindle square taper bottom bracket. Is the listing vintage mountain bike? Um, you'll remember though. That a few years ago at the swap, a few years ago being like six or seven, I bought a $1 bottom bracket. Yeah, $1. I do. It was the same bottom bracket. It was a Synchros tie bottom bracket. I paid a dollar at the swap five, six years ago when this mountain bike stuff was at rock bottom. Um, <laughs> it's it's a sweet bottom bracket. I put it on my gunner. I had it on my gunner with a Kuka crank. Man, that was nice. All that's everything's broken. The kook is broken, the gunner's broken, and the bottom rack is broken now. But for one shining moment, man, was that a sweet setup. Um, the uh-huh. Paul, I had Paul brakes on there, those are broken too. God man, every, damn. everything from that bike is broken now that I think about it. Everything that was on it, you know, what's funny is I remember the gunner used to have the uh independent fabrications fork on it, broken. <laughs> Yeah, I broke that too. I broke the fray. I broke the fork. I broke the original headset. A Chris King. I broke the headset. I broke the fork. I broke the frame. I cracked the Kuka cranks. The bottom bracket self imploded. The uh, the Superb Pro C post is actually still in the bike, so that's yeah. technically broken. Um, the Paul brakes. I broke the little adjustable pivots on. Um, I don't even know what I don't know, whatever uh, my bar and stem was. Dude, I probably broke those. You deserve to be in jail for this little guy. This is a crime against bicycles. I hadn't really thought about it, but like, man, that everything You've on that crossbike died. Yeah, <laughs> I probably broke the wheels too. What, I don't remember what wheels I had on that originally. Oh god. Anyway, I, don't, I, I know you've murdered a bunch of wheels, so that's and they're yeah. probably dead. I mean, I guess that's it's a good testament. I rode that thing. I had the thing for ten years. I I. It got a lot of riding in it. Ugh. Um but Ugh. the main deal about this bottom bracket is I bought it at the swap for a buck and people people laughed at me as I bought it. Like yeah. the people selling to me laughed at me like I was making a stupid purchase. I put that bottom bracket in my gunner. I had it in there for at least three years, right? Yep. So that's a good run. And this is a good run for any bottom bracket. Yeah. But oh, for a, yeah. for a dollar bottom bracket that probably weighs like hundred and fifty grams, I mean what the hell? You can't you can't argue with that crap. No, anyway, true. there's one on eBay right now. Uh, buy it now, seventy five bucks. It just starts at seventy five bucks. Yeah, that's 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 insane. I paid a dollar, seventy five dollars. And I know have to, it's a yeah. different world now, but well, I think I think uh, this is something we should look into doing. Is another we did once upon a time uh, the how to win the swap episode. Yeah, I don't even remember what episode it was. It was a long time ago, but. Maybe we should revisit the how to win the swap strategies that people can use to uh, not spend 
all this crazy money on eBay because you just you get sucked into it and you buy dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. Like me, I'm watching. I'm yeah. watching. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I'm watching five different variations, five different colors <laughs> of official Kirin jerseys from Japan. Yeah, you like, totally need that. With the big numbers on the sleeves in the back. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. the white one, the yellow one, the blue one, the orange one, the green one. Because they all have a different number. Oh, that's true. So you need them all. Yeah, you need them all. One for every day of the week. The problem is, is I'm waiting for the purple one, the number nine, to show up. And it hasn't shown up yet. Really? Weird. Yeah. It's freaking me out a little <laughs> bit. But they're they're cheap. <laughs> they're like 20 bucks, but they come from Japan. So the shipping's not cheap. But yeah. I can just keep watching them, and I want to. I I'm gonna buy one eventually. I don't know which one to get, and it's it's. I I open it every day, and I look at them, and I say, ah, oh, that one's good. Ooh, that one's good. Oh man, but none of them are the purple one, so I don't know what to do. Sometimes they come with the little helmet covers too. Oh, Ooh, that so, I assume they match. Like oh it's yeah, a perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. good, so good. That's good. I like. That's a good pick. I mean, you could. Just, yeah, just doing a vintage cycling jersey, like a general vintage cycling jersey search on yeah. eBay is trouble because there are some good oh, jerseys. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing with the Kieran jerseys is they're not so much jerseys mm-hmm. as they are just like long sleeve sweaters. Like they don't have pockets. They yeah. Don't have, like they're just kind of like a, a sweatshirt. Almost. Oh, so this will be like, this will be club wear for you. Or long sleeve, be... long sleeve t-shirt. I would wear this to work. Yeah. Oh, going out dancing. On yeah. Friday night. This isn't this isn't for going on a ride. No, no, this is okay. casual, casual wear. Um, are you gonna wear it any day, or just you gonna wear it on the ninth of every month? <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. That's probably a pretty good idea, actually. Uh, did I did I ever tell you about this? I I think I told you this, and I might even talked about this on the podcast a couple years ago at um, Jingle Cross. They were doing the call-ups for the race, for like the race I was in. Yeah. And um, they were calling everyone up by numbers. They were like, okay. say your name, and then they'd say your number. And they yeah. got to number nine, and dude wasn't there. And they just yeah. kept saying, number nine, number nine, number nine, over and over, which I mean, maybe you're not getting it. But there's a Beatles song <laughs> that's okay. just kind of a bunch of tape loops and goofy shit. And somebody just says number nine, number nine over and over in that Beatles song. And so the official is just saying number nine for like 30 seconds. And I think I was the only one that just was like giggling. It was like, this is so great. You guys are basically, you're playing a Beatles song right now. Um, But That's pretty good. um, Everybody else was like in the zone, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I was like looking at Caitlin and I was like, check this out. This is great. (laughs) Um, And the guy wasn't there. So I, it wasn't like he just he wanted to create an art piece and he like hid for a while or something. Yeah. Did you do the uh, the right master's thing to do, which is just be like, yeah, I'm number nine, and roll up there? <laughs> I should have because I was probably like fifth row. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that next time. Been, yeah, that would have been. Good. No, it's true. That guy was. I've got a slotted up next to uh, Trayvon and Powers and stuff. Hey guys, what's up? They're like you. Yeah, you're that dude that crashes in front of us in warm ups. Yes, Get in the back. It's me, number nine. <laughs> it's me, number nine. Um, be like, Vervecken told me about you. You fell in front of him. Get out that of here. still my favorite cyclocross memory ever. It's the highlight of my career. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
Um, well, I hope you get the jersey. I hope, I hope so, the too. The purple one comes out. Because the other things that I'm watching are much more expensive. And, I mean, I'm, I'm watching a uh, a bullet cargo bike. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's like, I, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I have a dream about them, and I keep watching them when they pop up. But I'm never, I can't, no. It's not going to yeah. happen. I want the Blinky. Oh, okay. That's, right. I've been... <laughs> I've been spending some time on their website lately. <laughs> um, well, I mean, because like an, it's, it's a practical, yeah. kind of practical need. I mean, I've got I've got a kid, and I want to be able to ride around in the summer with him. Um, and I and it, it, we've been talking about like, yeah, a cargo bike would make a ton of sense, um, mm-hmm. in practical practical things. So I, that's what mm-hmm. I want is the the bigger of the Belinkies. Though the bullet is really cool, I'd be down with the bullet too. But um, yeah. if I had my pick, I think right now. Um, that's the one I'd go for, but again, it's a lot of money. They're all a lot of money though, which makes sense because they're like forty-seven pounds of tubing. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of it. Is not only is it super expensive, but they're never near me. So then I gotta figure out how to get it here, and that's that's a whole nother adventure. Yeah, that's a problem. But yeah. I never looked on eBay for them actually cuz I've kind of just always assumed yeah they wouldn't yeah. be close enough and what am I going to going to ship it it's I mean they're huge yeah they're yeah. monsters you need a cargo bike to ship the cargo bike yeah they're so cool yeah and uh, uh finally I guess uh probably a little more in your wheelhouse here I'm watching a uh a winter cycling jacket uh from the Bonjour uh team so. <laughs> I forgot you were trying to Trying to get all bonjour. Trying to build the whole kit, yeah. The bibs nice. are going to be the hardest thing to find, I think. But. They're going to be really hard. I mean, I'm never going to find a full Castorama kit. I've just sort of resigned myself. You know, you you could maybe uh, commission an artist to, to do the to replicate it and just get a one-off from, uh, you know, one of our custom clothing makers out there. Yeah, maybe. That's a good idea. Um, maybe since uh, maybe it could team... say Matt Matorama. Yeah, Matorama. I mean, we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get new kits. Um, oh, really? This year for the team, um, and I haven't been paying any attention. I'm probably the team will someone from the team will listen to this and be like, Matt, why haven't you been paying attention? You're supposed to be voting on what you want to want to pick, but um, I haven't been. I should look. Um, and we're gonna get yeah new kits, so um, maybe I can make that the design. That's exciting. Vote for the one with some purple in it, little guy. That's the rule. Uh, that's a good. That's a good policy. Purple. Yeah. yeah, we've talked before. Underrepresented in the Peloton. Definitely. So, well, that uh, that's gonna wrap it up for my uh, what are you watching on eBay segment. I don't know. I hope uh, hope it went well. We'll we'll check the feedback on Twitter and see if uh, see how people thought about it. Uh, I'm sure Tim was watching like some antique spoon sets and. Um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe uh, lava lamps and. Uh, you you know he's just watching like WWF memorabilia. Yeah, he's probably watching a lot of that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see the bullet you're watching. That's not too far from you. No, it's. I mean, it's not. It's not too bad. But Dude, you could buy. I mean, I mean, that's a lot of money. <laughs> it's it's a yeah, it's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much money, dude. There's another one that's closer to you that's not as cool. It's a setma, ketma, ketma. Right. Not impressed. Not, Not impressed. impressed. All right. Anyway, it's in Massachusetts. It's a step through. 
you don't want to step through. I want a Kieran jersey, and I want a purple one. <laughs> well, want a Kieran jersey. That's what this whole segment is about, is to let all the listeners know to be on the lookout mm-hmm. for a purple number nine Japanese Kieran jersey, mm-hmm. hopefully with the matching helmet cover so I can commute to work as fast as possible. Yeah, which is the thing that people run into all the time. It's sort of a thing you just run into out there in the world. Everybody but me. What um do you remember this and then I'll I know you were trying to end the podcast and I kept it going. <laughs> but do you remember no. um years ago uh Jay Gropen. Remember oh, yeah. Jay Gropen? All right. Absolutely. Uh if people don't know Jay Gropen was a Cat 3 track superstar. Yeah, and, and mess- he was messenger superstar. Messenger superstar in uh Minnesota and in, yeah, he was when we first were starting out as messengers wanting to race he was a little bit older and he was a messenger that raced and so he was our he was sort of our he, he was the only guy that we knew that would put on spandex yeah and he was he was instrumental for us i actually traded him a turbo a turbo saddle for some jerseys or something he gave me like a couple like wool jerseys back in the day and like he loaned me and tim like his book about he had a book about bike racing I mean, this was like, he was very helpful in, in getting us to be like, okay, well, yeah, we can put spandex on and we can go to these bike races. Yeah. But he was at the grease pit one day and he said some dude came in with like a shitty mountain bike uh, and didn't know how to work on it. And he had a Kashima five gold, uh, like crazy yeah. Japanese, uh, like Kieran saddle on yep. his bike. And Jay like was like, oh, dude, I'll give you five bucks, you know? Um, and he got that. And just speaking of crazy Japanese things that you're never actually supposed to just run into yeah. out in the world. And Jay got that at the grease pit. It makes no sense that he got an NJS approved saddle in the basement of a, like a bike shop where you never found anything nice. Yeah. It makes no sense. Anyway, Jay grew up in fact. It's good. That's good. Maybe we'll try and work that in along with all our hincappy stories. Yeah. <laughs> Way to work that in. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> We've worked in all the angles. Um, yeah. You probably have to wrap this thing up. Yeah, uh, we have to thank everyone for listening. We need to thank uh, BK1 for our uh, intro and outro music. He's on Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. Uh, check him out. Uh, we got to thank Tim for not being here to interrupt us. Uh, we need to thank Tom Boone and Tom Boone and Allen uh, mm-hmm. for keeping his shit together while we recorded. Yeah, he's been um, chill tonight. Uh, let's see. We got to thank, uh, health IQ, uh, check mm-hmm. them out. Health IQ.com slash slow ride. That will help us out immensely. If you go sign up for something there and get some more information. Um, let's see. Thank the wide angle podium, um, for, you know, helping host this show. Like they pay all the yeah. bills, um, and for putting out great stuff like the dirt field recordings, go check that out. And, um, Tim likes to remind us all to wave to our fellow cyclists. Um, it's not hard do to do. It's not mm. hard. No. It's, it's actually easy. Yeah. It's the do opposite it. of hard. And I know everybody's in the basement on the trainers sweating it out right now. But, uh, you know, when you are on the road, it's not a big deal. Give a wave. You're not too cool. Don't worry no. about it. Practice when you're on the trainer. Makes perfect. Everybody, everybody actually thinks you're cooler when you do wave. So. <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah, and I don't know. Thank everybody. I'd like to say thanks to everybody for listening, tuning in. You make it worthwhile. Uh, Follow us on the Slow Ride Podcast 
uh, on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. You can email us the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I don't know if we had any reviews uh, mm. this week. We probably do. We'll get Tim to read those uh, when he's back next week. That'll be great. Um, and uh, that about does it, I'm sure. All right. I believe it. All right. Well, <laughs> then with that, uh, we'll bid you adieu. Adieu. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.